You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So what are we looking at today? What's been put on my shoulders to share? And I, I love how God moves before you even share his word because it shows that this is what I want you to speak about. And it's on love. But not just love in general, it's a disciple loves one another as Christ first loved them, loved us. To love Christ as he first loved us. And now, I was speaking with Julian this week, because um, he, he said, oh, I shared on the same passage that you're going to share on. I said, okay, great, let's sit down. Let's have a, have a discussion and just see where you are, your line of thought of line of thought was or what my line of thought is and you know he he then suddenly said you know what I think we've been speaking about love a lot in our church it's come up it's come up in Brighton it's come up in Burgess Hill and immediately my response was like well if it keeps on coming up maybe there's something we need to be listening to because if we if if love is a central topic and it keep and God keeps on placing in our hearts to share maybe there's something we need to take a hold of and I know that what I'm going to share this morning, we may have heard it before, but there's a difference between hearing and putting into practice. And so we really need to take hold of this. And as I was going through it, I was thinking, I have not enough words to, ex- to express about the love of Christ. I don't have enough time this morning to actually really go into all the depths about the love of God, but I will do my best and really try and pour out something that I think is applicable for us today. And so if you have your Bibles, if you have your hard copy, you can turn to John 13, 34, 35. If you have your electronic, get your fingers ready, type in the passage. John 13, 34 to 35. And it says this, it's on the screen as well if you wish to follow. A new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. <coughs> Just off the, off the top here, three times it says, as you love one another. Three times in just a few sentences there, love one another. But the first thing I want to pick out here is that those first three words, a new command. Now, love has been spoken about in the Bible. Even in the Old Testament, love was very present. So how is this a new command when love has already been spoken or commanded previously? And there's, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Mark 12, 18 to 21, there's a situation here where one of the teachers of the law came to Jesus and asked him, what is the best commandment? Mark 12, 18 to 21. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them. Noticing that Jesus has given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart 
and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So Jesus had outlined that the greatest commandments were those that involved love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul and body, and then love your neighbor as yourself. But what does this mean? Now I was looking up this passage and I came across William Lane. He wrote a commentary on Mark. He said that to love God with all your mind, body and soul is to seek God for his own sake, to have pleasure in him and to strive impulsively after him. To seek God for his own sake, to have pleasure in him and to strive impulsively after him. This is how we are meant to love God. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, when I looked at that phrase, the first thing I came up is like, well, there, there's a flaw in the statement. To love your neighbor as yourself. Because if I don't love myself, how can I love someone else? His commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if I don't love me, I can't love anyone else. Or I can love someone else only to the same measure that I love myself. In what ways then can we love ourselves? It's through the understanding that God loves us. God, our Lord and Savior, our King, loves each and every single one of us. It's hard to comprehend fully my Lord and Saviour, the creator of all things, the creator of you and me, he loves me, he knows me, he knows you by name, he knows every hair on your head by number. That's how much God loves you and more. So then we've got this new command, a new command to love one another as Jesus has loved us. And as followers of Christ, we must learn to, to love this way. We must learn to lift this out. It's a new way. Those commandments in the Old Testament, that was the Old Covenant. But Jesus has come through. He's given his life. He's sacrificed himself for us. And he's made a new way. And now he said, a new command. This is a new command. To love one another as I have loved you. Am I loving in the way Christ loved me? Can I honestly say that I am? If not, why not? What are the qualities of Christ's love that I am unable to pour out in my everyday, especially to my fellow disciples, especially to you? These are questions I believe we need to ask ourselves daily. Am I loving everyone else around me in the same way that Christ loves me? So then... I hit the, uh, the point of, I need to look at the love of Christ. I need to look at certain characteristics of the love of Christ. 
and see how, if I'm following them and if I can live them out. But like I said at the start, the list goes on and on and on. And so I've picked out just four characteristics that I think are important. The first one is humility. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8, it says, Who being in very nature God, this is Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, did not have to come to this earth in human form. He did not have to surrender his lordship and he did not have to die for us, but he chose to do so. And I looked at that thinking, are there experiences in my life where I've been humble? But humble in love. And I was looking back and it was very hard to actually say, is this really humility or is this pride? Is this really humility or is this just something else? And then one major experience came up or was reminded of, I think by God. And he was like, well, you've been in IBTI for three years. As a volunteer, I was. Three years I was a volunteer. And I looked at, that, I looked at looking over my experiences and certain situations. And I was like, there are, there's, there's one major episode, and there's probably many, but one that sticks in the mind where I think in, Maybe I was humble in the same way that Christ was humble in that moment. I'm going to paint you the picture so you can understand. Okay? It was wet. It was raining. The storms were brewing. It's a bit extravagant, I know, but I'm just painting you the picture. Students, my job was to look after the maintenance of the building, property management, as well as looking after the music. So, of course, students came running to me whenever there was a problem. Tom, the sinks are blocked. Tom, the toilet's blocked. The drains are blocked. The water's overflowing. What do you want me to do about it? You know, there's only so much I can do. But it's like, fine, okay. I go outside in the rain. I find a drain that I think is the source of the problem, which was overflowing with water, I roll up my sleeves, I put my hand in, I find a blockage, I pull it out, the water flows. Now in that moment, it's like, why did I do that? It was raining, I didn't put a coat on because I was silly. Just put my gloves on with my t-shirt, and out I go into the rain, find the drain, put my hand in, and off we go, you know? Surprising I didn't get ill. But I look at that situation and thinking, why did I do that? Why in that moment did I think, I, I just need to go out now and sort this out? And I think it was because I loved the students. Those three years, seeing different students coming into the IBTI, you interact with them, you, you speak with them, you hear their life stories. And it's amazing to hear where they come from and where God has taken them to. And for me, I love being in that environment to, to walk alongside them in that season. And then for them to come up and say, Tom, we've got a problem. They're coming to me. They see me as someone that can help them. And I was thinking, I want to help you. I love you because I want your, the best for you. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. 
Are there situations in your life that you can say you've been truly humble, but humble out of love? I cannot pick a many, but that's one of my that's one of my ones that I'm holding on to as a reminder for me. And then we've got service. In Mark ten, Mark chapter ten, verse forty-five, it says, "For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many." Service. Sometimes we can see service as a chore. No one else will do it, so I'll just do it. Or do I have to do it? Okay, I'll do it. It's like being at home with my family. Tom, can you do the washing up? Do I have to? <laughs> Why didn't you wash up this morning? Um, 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 I forgot. Service out of love. Christ came to this earth not to, not to be served, but to serve. Why? Because he loved. He loved every single one of us. He wanted the best for us. That he wanted to help us. He didn't want to lord it over us. He wanted to serve us. That's amazing. And again, I look in my looking in my reflecting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Service out of love. Prime example. Thank you for the. But I was like looking at looking at my my situation, thinking, okay, are there times where I serve out of love, or I just serve just because I have to, or is it because I serve because no one else would do it? And I looked at again, a situation came to mind very prominent, and it was like the worship team, our music team that play here every Sunday. My job is to oversee them to to arrange meetings, for them to come together, for us to go over new material, to pray together, to, to really seek what is best for this church, for the best way which we can get the congregation to come in and worship God. Every Sunday morning I pitch up at church at quarter past eight to set up the equipment, to get, to get everything in place, make sure the sound is as best that we can make it, and it's not to, to put me up, it's for me as a reminder to myself that, Tom, you can serve out of love. Because I don't do this because I have to, I do this because I want to. I do this because it's my passion. I do this because I love it. Like I said at the start, I love it when we collectively sing together and we worship God together. We sing in one voice. And if I can facilitate that, if I can be a part of that process, wow, I love it. And I love to serve in that capacity. I've had people come up, come up to me and just say, Tom, you should take a break. I don't want to, actually. I like doing this. I was like, you do too much. No, I don't do enough. And I think that's the right response. And it's something I've had to learn over the years is that I can never do too, too much. But I can do not enough. So are there times in your, in your situation where you can look back and say, or look currently and say, Am I serving out of love? Am I serving because I have to? Am I serving because it's a chore? Christ came and served us. He didn't come to lord it over us. He didn't say, my way is the best way. He came to gently guide us in the right direction. He said, come, follow me, because it would be worthwhile. And I'm going to help you along the way. 
He came around his disciples. He came around his followers. In his last year of his ministry, he spent a lot of time with his disciples one-on-one as a group, instructing them and teaching them, serving them. That's love. Then the big, the big one, sacrifice. I'm not going to go to a passage of scripture that you think I'm going to go to, but in John 15, verse 12 to 13, it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus considered us friends, his disciples' friends. And he's saying, greater love is this that you lay down your life for your friends. Now, it's, you've got to be careful how you look into this, into this passage. Because it's like, I could stand here and say, okay, which one of you are going to lay down your life for your friends? Not the right way to go. It's how much are you willing to give to support someone else? Sacrificing time, maybe sacrificing finances, maybe sacrificing, you know, your another thing that you're doing to help somebody else. And again, I was looking at this and I was looking at my situation, thinking, where am I sacrificing? And again, sacrificing out of love. That's the big thing, always sacrificing, always out of love. And then I look at what I'm doing currently now. I'm a volunteer for this church. I'm studying to get a degree in Bible and theology. Time and time again, I tell myself, why are you doing this? This is really difficult. Maybe students can relate with this. It's just like, do I have to write another assignment? Do I, have to do, do I really have to sit that many exams? What purpose is there in this? Sacrificing time. I'm sacrificing finances. Like I said, I'm a volunteer. But it's okay. It's understanding the bigger picture. Because it goes beyond just me. It goes beyond just I. It's collective. What is the bigger picture that I'm sacrificing for? So I help out with the youth and the kids. Why? Because it's so important that they know God. It's so important that they have a safe place to go to. It's so important that they know that this place, they can encounter God. Youth. I was saved through the youth group. I came to know God when I came through the youth in this church. So for me, it's just like, I need to invest in this. I, need, I want to put back what was given to me. Someone sacrificed their time, their efforts, to put a program together so that I can come to this place, be excited about God, and I experience God. So I want to give back. I want to sacrifice my time. I want to spend time preparing. I want to spend time... I had a meeting with Hannah recently trying to brainstorm the... Like, what can we do for our youth from September onwards? And we were getting excited. It was like, oh, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. We're thinking, hang on, this is you and me. (laughs) 
But it's okay, because if we put God in the middle, it's okay. We can do it. But it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take a lot of effort. Yes, service is put into this as well. But it's worth it. You see a smile on a kid's face. Oh, you love that. You see the youth getting excited about God. You're like, come on. This is what it's all about. But in other areas as well, you see someone that is down. And it's so easy to say, someone else will sort that out. Or I can say, you know what, I may be busy at the moment. I may have a lot to do, but I'm going to come around you. I'm going to say, okay, what's up? I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to say, it doesn't matter what I was doing. What's important is you. I'm bringing you back into the right place. What areas in your life are you sacrificing out of love? And then mercy. In 1 Timothy 1.16 it says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience and his example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Forgiveness, mercy, unlimited patience. Like I said, the list can go on and on and on. The important thing is, like, out of all these characteristics, how are we doing it? Are we doing it out of love? Are we just doing it for the sake of doing it? To be seen as a Christian? I've fallen into that trap. Everyone else is doing that, or maybe I'll just do that. But not understanding why I'm doing that. To be disciples and to love as Christ first loved us. These characteristics of Christ's love need to be apparent in and through us every single day. And it's a challenge. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. I find it hard. But God can help us. And God will help us. Love is a foundational Ingredient. Love is a foundation to everything that we do. I want to turn to a well-known passage in Corinthians. We all know it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Great passage that speaks about love. Now I've heard this spoken many times. I've heard it spoken out of context and I've spoken it in context. See, the context in the situation is that the Corinthian church was abusing the gifts and Paul was explaining how there were a variety of gifts and each one was useful. Now, we all have something to give. Just saying that out off the cuff, we all have something that we're able to give. Paul laid down this analogy of the body. There are many spiritual gifts. Like there are many parts of the body. Each one has an important part to play. No one gift is greater than the other. It all works together. So we all have something to offer. 
And if I'm going to read this passage on love, because it, it really ties in what I want to say. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Now I'm not going to just dissect all of that because that will take me off into another sermon and I don't want to do that. But what I just want to outline here is that Paul is articulating the nature of Christian love. Like I said, we all have gifts. We all have something to offer. No, you know, we can look at things like that are so visible, like music and like someone that is really good at, at speaking or you can Someone else that's really good with kids and youth, but even cleaning, even order, even tidiness, that's a gift. I'm not very good at cleaning at times. I need, I need instruction, but someone else can come in and go, clean. It's a gift. It is. We all have something to offer. Love is not a gift, but it's the motivation that gives the gifts value. Are you still with me this morning? Feeding in a lot of information into this. Like I said, there's so much you can speak on about love. Paul outlined that if he did not have love, he would be a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If you have prophecy and faith but not love, nothing. Giving it to the poor but not love, you gain nothing. This goes back to what I was saying. We can serve, but if we're not serving out of love, it's all for nothing. We can sacrifice 
time, finances, whatever it is, we can sacrifice, but if it's not done out of love, we will gain nothing. As disciples of Christ, if we do not operate out of love, then it's all for nothing. Going back to my original passage in Mark at the start, no, in John, sorry, John 13, 34, 35, a new command. But Jesus was saying, by this, men will know that you are my disciples. So what separates us from everybody else? What sets us apart? Is not, is not our good works, because everybody can do good works. Yeah? Me doing good works is no different to someone else outside doing good works. It's not my, or our generosity, because anyone can be generous. Anyone can give. And you're thinking, well, how can it be love? Because everybody can love, but they can love in an emotion and to a degree, but we can love as Christ loved us. Emotionally, we can all love, but as Christ, not everyone can love, not unless they know the love of our Lord God, not unless they know what he's done for us, not unless they really grasp the characteristics of love. So in... I was, when I was putting this together, it was just like, I cannot, and I still cannot, understand fully the love of Christ. Because even though we've been going over it, I looking at those words, he became, he became humble even to death on the cross, I can't understand that. How one man, Jesus can lay it all down for the sake of you and I, for the sake so we can have a relationship with God, to break the chains, to break the bondage. So again, how can I love in this way? How can I possibly love in this way? God has given us every tool we need. He's given us this, his word, we can pray to him daily and he will guide us. But it also takes responsibility on our part. Responsibility to say, you know what, I'm going, there are some things I'm falling short of and I'm going to address them. Maybe I'm not serving out of love. That needs to change. Maybe I'm not merciful out of love. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. To be disciples of Christ, we need to love as he first loved us. And so just before we close, I want to, I really feel a need to just a response to this because I was working at home and I was getting very passionate as I was putting it together and I was just like, God, I need you. There came a point where I was like, God, I, I just need you. I cannot do this on my own.
And so I want to just invite everyone to stand. And if anything that I've shared this morning, if there's a part that you're struggling with, or there's a part that you recognize, well, actually, I'm falling short in this. You can just close your eyes and hold out your hands. Because I, I know that I'm falling short in a lot of these. Sometimes the first step we need, we need to make is to say, okay, God, I admit that I am falling short. But I know that through you, I can break through. I know that through you and everything that you've given me, I can love in the same way that you've loved me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.